Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more information go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag underscore pod i couldn't be more excited to do uh, I, a pod like i i've been i was pretty upset after showgirls I was you? Even, li- even listening back. I was like, I, this is a lot, right? It's a lot. But then we game the system a little bit. You know, you pick horrible bosses too. And it's, you know, just off the top. It's legitimately one of my favorite movies. I'm it's I'm staggered. I'm staggered by two things. One, I'm staggered by how low the rotten tomato score is. Oh my God. Movie. I don't understand. How anyone can watch it and not, uh, I, I could. The first ten minutes alone are just joke after joke after joke, and it's it's one of those things where you have to watch it. I think a couple of times to pick up on every little joke because Sudeikis doesn't stop talking the whole movie. <laughs> He's, his his efficiency is through the roof, despite his volume being through the roof. Like he's, it's one of the greatest co- comedic performances I've ever seen. <laughs> 
it's it's definitely in terms of you know when when Mays sent the text saying they really they a lot of jokes per minute or whatever. Yeah. It is the it's a, it was when before you said that I was saying to myself this has to be the highest the highest amount of jokes per line in the history of movies jokes that hit by the way they're not yeah yeah not, not just bad jokes right yeah <laughs> no it, and it, it it's so and I'm trying to like I'm trying to take notes and and write all these down and stuff you know you got to stop because I want to make sure I'm getting the you know the right you know quotes and everything and I so we're recording this at three o'clock. I started watching this at at one o'clock, and I'm just gonna look. I am an hour and five minutes into the movie. It yeah. took me two hours to watch an hour and five minutes of the movie because I'm stopping so much to get notes. But I'm I, like, I love like I just love this movie. There, there are two movies that I always keep on my iPad just in case I'm not moved to watch anything on a flight. One of them is John Wick, the first one, and one of them is Horrible Bosses Two. I always keep it on my iPad, and I always end up going on a flight of you know, two, three hours. I always just end up going to one of those. I've watched this movie so many times. So, so our friend, Tom Habistro does not like this movie. He thinks what? it's not funny. He doesn't like it at all. He thinks our it's kind of lame. Our ex-friend, Tom Habistro. Absolutely. But here's the messed up part, uh, Zach. I remember having this argument with him and it's like two years ago, three years ago. It's a while ago, right? And since then, I might have seen it a couple of times. And every time I saw it, I was like, oh, I laughed. It's funny, da, da, da. But as luck would have it, this was a weird month where earlier than the beginning of November, I was on a flight and Horrible Bosses was one of the movies they had. And I said, you know what? Love that movie. Let me watch it. And I watched Horrible Bosses and I laughed and it's funny and it's great. And for the longest time, I've been one of these people who says, yeah, I get it. Horrible Bosses 2 isn't Horrible Bosses, but it's still a really funny movie. I think I stand here today and I'm here to say, no, I sit in the closet no longer. I'm loud and I'm proud. This movie's funnier. This it is. Way, I've told you this. I've told you funnier. I find this movie funnier than Horrible Bosses. And I think Horrible Bosses funnier. is hilarious. It's excellent. It's excellent. This movie's funnier. Unequivocally. Unequivocally funnier. Even even with all the great like, – um, if you haven't seen Horrible Bosses 2, you listen to how, how could it be. Pause right now. Go watch Horrible Bosses 2. This movie, from the beginning, all they do, it's like they, uh, it's like they did away with, and by the way, the plot isn't bad either. And no, I'm not going to apologize. Yeah. It's a solid plot. And I, and I like, I love the villains in this movie and everything. This is a great movie, man. You know, the problem with Hollywood is they make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended. I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. it absolutely, I was absolutely offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. <laughs> Welcome 
Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you are afraid to admit you love. And if you don't admit you love this movie, I think you're a coward. 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 I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin El Hassan. Anthony Mays producing the show this week on Cinephobe, the 2014 comedy Horrible Bosses 2, which is the sequel to the 2011 comedy Horrible Bosses, which was well received. It's a 69% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, the first one. 70% yes. with the audience. Yeah. That seems low, too, by the way. It does seem low. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Don't even start on that. Horrible Bosses 2 stars the same trio as the first one. Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day. Uh, Bateman was coming off of Bad Words, which is one of my favorite comedies. Um, and he was about to be in This Is Where I Leave You. Uh, he was also in The Gift. Um, the next year, Jason Sudeikis was coming off of We're the Millers. And he was about to be in Sleeping with Other People. And then Charlie Day was coming off of Pacific Rim in the Lego movie. He was obviously still on It's Always Sunny because that show is never going to end. We're also getting – I mean it's just a banger of a, of a cast. Jennifer oh. Aniston, Christoph Waltz, Chris Pine, Kevin Spacey, Jamie Foxx, Jonathan Banks who plays Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad, and Keegan-Michael Key makes a, an appearance at the beginning. As does a couple other people who I don't – like you see them, you know who they are. Oh, Sam Richardson is briefly in it. He plays uh, Richard Spliff in uh in veep yep he's briefly in it um who else is in uh rob hubel at the very end of the movie is in it oh yeah 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 yeah. he makes a cameo at the end as uh pinkberry headquarters um this is written and directed by sean anders uh he's written sex drive she's out of my league hot tub time machine we're the millers dumb and dumber 2 and both of the daddy's home movies he's also directed sex drive that's my boy and the daddy's home movies uh so not down career for mr Andrews. Uh, yeah not all bangers but he got he got one right here oh, um synopsis for horrible bosses 2 on imdb is dale kurt and nick decide to start their own business but things don't go as planned because of a slick investor prompting the trio to pull off a hair-brained and misguided kidnapping scheme uh, I, i'm inter- i'm uh, fascinated that imdb wisely puts their names <laughs> not in the order that they appear in, in the movie <laughs> The tagline for this movie, which I actually think is good. New crime, same tools. There you go. That's clever. Yeah. Uh, $42 million budget, grossed $54.4 million in the U.S. and $107.6 million worldwide. Thank you, worldwide. Printing money. Uh, Before getting into the rest of this episode, obviously tons of spoilers. Uh, It's only available to be rented, right? Yeah, I rented on Amazon. I bought it years ago. Just go buy it. Trust me. Just go buy it. You won't be. You won't be. You won't be upset at the purchase. You're gonna watch it over and over. You watch it on every flight. Um, Horrible bosses too. Rotten Tomatoes. Thirty four percent from critics on 154 reviews. Forty seven percent from the audience on over fifty eight thousand ratings. How? I don't understand it. I mean, how? How do they watch it and not laugh? I don't know. So. Um, and even the review, the reviews are just weak. So here are the good reviews, right? Michael Compton of Bowling Green Daily News. Fortunately for fans of the original, the comedic chemistry of the three leads still clicks. Uh, Chris Nashawate of Entertainment Weekly. It's the small tossed off moments. Bateman's deadpan mugging. Uh, Day's frenzy cluelessness and Sudeikis smarmy one-liners that land the best. Uh, Joe Newmailer of New York Daily News. Bateman has never been funnier on film because the zingers he launches are bounced off the oafish Sudeikis and the Faraday Day. 
Yes. Well oh, fish. Oh, fish. Um, let me see. Oh, Tom Russo of the Boston Globe agrees with us. A new misadventure whose negligibly refined formula somehow ends up being more consistently entertaining. I agree. Yes. Thank you, Boston uh, Globe. Yeah. Robert Corger of Flickering Myth. What can I say? The chaotic camaraderie between the three leads is so infectiously fun. I could watch them stumble through attempted crime all day. I agree. These are the Any bad crime. reviews. Any crime. Okay. Abby Bernstein from Assignment X. Yeah, Horrible it sounds like she's like fun. <laughs> Horrible bosses too. Yeah, if we had a poll, if we were ripping off Levitard, you could just ask the question, has anyone named Abby Bernstein ever had fun? Who, who no. works who works at Assignment X? Yeah. Horrible Bosses 2 suffers in part because it's not organized as a riff on anything in particular and partly because a notable portion of its humor is based on racism, sexism, and homophobia. What? I don't know what she was watching. Right, look, this is how ridiculous this is. I'm going to just take a random scene that we we may not even get to because there's so much stuff in this movie and just say the scene where they meet Chris Pine for the first time and they shake his hand and he touches the elbow and Chris Pine says, Ooh, what a classy handshake. Yeah. <laughs> that has nothing to do with sexism or anything. That's no. just a funny ass scene. Man. Uh, Jennifer Heaton of Alternative Lens. I did laugh a few times, but I equally found myself smacking my forehead in annoyance of how stupid these characters were sometimes. Yes, that's the point of the movie. That's the point. They're hilariously that's stupid. They always in get different their own ways, way. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have again, a different again. brand of stupidity. <laughs> the scene in the office, right, it, where where he's making the pitch for the deal. Like, we'll, we'll get to that. Right. Um, Alistair Ryder of Cinemol. This is a movie that has done the most worrying thing possible. Made me believe that I could pursue a career in comedy as if standards are this low, anyone can do it. Alistair, I promise you, buddy, you cannot. This movie is comedic genius. Why did you pick this movie, I mean? Well, I picked this movie for several reasons. You know, uh, Cinephobe, it's fun when we do bad movies, but I said this like maybe five or six episodes in. It begins to rot your brain to do bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. And we've got to always got to counterpunch and bring something to bring the mood back up. And it, particularly if it, if it, you know, f- it fits the guidelines. It's not like I picked something that was a 90% or something that was right. 90% audience. Or, this is something that universally was hated by critics and audiences. So it fits the guidelines. And then the other part of this is I really, str- sometimes I want to know, is there something that I'm missing where I love this movie, but clearly the majority of people out there don't love it. What am I missing? What am I missing here that, that, that makes people not like this movie? And, and so hopefully when we get some responses from people listening to this episode and watch the movie, they can tell us. Yeah. If you, man, yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, all right, let's just dive right in. Uh, we start, uh, and I will say, so I didn't finish this movie before, but I seriously, I've seen it. Oh. I would guess 25 times. I've seen it a oh, lot. Wow. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll just throw it on randomly. Um, as I like, you know, Clean oh, or cook or whatever. Like I'll, I'll wonder, throw it on randomly all the time. I'll throw it on before I go to bed all the time. Like I, oh my god. I don't like house parties, but if I did, I would throw this on during a house party. Well, I don't like my house parties at my yes. own part at my own house. I should say I don't. I like house parties, not at my own house. By the way, got some trivia for you. Oh. Uh, J- Jason Sudeikis stated in an interview that they wanted to put a gag in the film where Jamie Foxx's character says to Nick Curtin Dale, 
you crackers got to go. I have three other crackers coming in. And as the trio get up to leave, the three characters from the Hangover movies would come in and sit at the booth. They finally decided against it because it would take the audience out of the movie, which I just think is hilarious. The idea that that was going too far. That, that was had good. Right. Galifianakis and Ed Helms and uh, and uh, Bradley Cooper walk in, right? Yeah. Well, they reference the Hangover, don't they? They do. Well, and they do in the outtakes. In the outtakes, so there's a scene where uh, Dale is coming out of the convenience store, and we just catch midway through the conversation between uh, Nick and Kurt, and they're clearly playing Mary Fuck Kill with the Brady Boys. <laughs> Mary Peter, uh, Pug Greg, and uh, and whatever, you know, like, but in the outtakes, they do several versions of this, one of which is, uh, is uh, The Hangover, uh, and one of which is uh, Bond. Like marry okay. Daniel Craig, yeah. Sean Connery, and kill Timothy Dalton. So <laughs> that's what I love about this mo- movie is like this. It's so obvious how many of these scenes where they're just going and they're yeah. trying to see who's going to crack first. Yeah, I like this. It, it's kind of like when you watch the outtakes from uh, from Eastbound and Down. You yes. know, the field in my plums. Like yeah. this, w- this had to have been the most fun set to be on. Like I, I got absolutely. Enough- I got another piece of trivia for you. All right. The role that eventually went to Christoph Waltz was considered for Tommy Lee Jones oh. and Jack Nicholson. And I got to say, I'm glad Christoph Waltz got it. Yeah. Oh, he's he's great. He's one of the best. Oh, he's All right. Awesome. All right. Let's jump in. We're starting on the set of Good Morning Los Angeles. Nick, Kurt, a real, and Dale. A real show, by the way, if you don't live in L.A. That is yeah. a real TV show. Real show. Uh, they're going to be on to talk about the new business they've created together for the shower buddy. Dale, sweating profusely, tells them, or says that they've quit their jobs. And Charlie, uh, or Dale, Charlie, uh, Dale has three kids. Jason Sudeikis says, don't worry, do a good job here. You make your three boys real proud. And Charlie says, girls, I have three girls. <laughs> Sudeikis says, so what? You can't even tell at that age. They're basically potatoes with arms. <laughs> they, yeah. By the way, he's sweating so hard. He's really nervous. And, uh, and uh, Kurt was today because Kurt says, hey, don't worry. Everyone just relax. It's going to be easy. Everyone just be yourself. And <laughs> Nick says, do not be yourself. Do not be yourself. Our souls are dumpster fire. <laughs> be, be a greater version. And Sudeikis says, all right, all right good, good tip. Nobody be themselves. <laughs> They nail the local morning show cliche oh. so hard, right? They make um, they're making a, a product that's gonna, that, you know, the, the shower buddy that they hope is gonna clean up. <laughs> and <laughs> Dale laughs so delayed and so, it's so delayed and it's so forced and hard. And he's like, and it's just it's so out of place. But he's trying to be he's trying yeah. to be natural, right? Like it's so oh my god, it's so funny. And so they're arguing over shower buddy versus shower daddy. Uh, Dale wanted to call the shower daddy. Uh, uh, Kurt wanted the uh, the shower buddy. Uh, to which Nick then says, "Shower daddy is basically worse on every single level." And Keegan many Michael, many levels. Yeah, King Michael Key goes, "I have to agree with Nick." And I don't know why the way he delivers that is so funny to me. So they're arguing. He goes, "It's just strange guy in the shower with you." He goes, "It's not a strange guy. It's your buddy." He goes, "Why would your buddy be in the shower with you?" And he screams, "Why would, why you would your dad?" And by the way, J- Bateman throughout this whole scene is just dropping 
undertow after undertow yeah, after undertow. Oh so when it starts today, it says our buddy Dale had an amazing idea, and 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 Bateman says, "Don't go to Dale." He just whispers <laughs> underneath, and then. When when they're when they're yelling at each other about buddy or daddy says don't scream on television, <laughs> so they go through the the they they uh, they go through a demonstration. Yeah, there's a, a comical kind of like oh it looks like he's jacking them off like the old right. Austin Powers. Yeah, where they're actually trying to fix something, Spit but from lube onto the yeah, the rod looks- the pump right and uh, and he plugs a hole in the back and makes him yeah. like stick a finger in his ass and everything. Yeah. Finally, it comes out. We see the product work. Uh, Keegan Michael Key says he wants to um, invest. He, yeah, he wants to invest. Yeah. How, he's like, how do I get in touch? And I mean, I will have you deliver the line because I'm yes. not going to get tripped up on this one. <laughs> says you can go to our website, niggerdale.com. And when everybody stops, everybody, says, Wait, what? I'm positive I'm not hearing that right. Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah, what's that? Niggerdale.com. So three what? are three names. Nick yeah, Nickerdale.com. He's like, y'all, you guys got to change that. Y'all got to change that name. <laughs> and then the, the, the cut to the next scene is them. They're at a bar, right? They're at a restaurant bar or whatever, just drinking beers. And he's like, I can't believe we never said that out loud. Out loud. <laughs> By the way, this is the same bar from Horrible Bosses 1 the where their buddy, the buddy comes by and propositions them for $40 hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> the buddy that worked for Lehman Brothers. Right. <laughs> So, um, so then they get a call from an unknown number. They're playing the Jason Sudeikis, uh, Kurt, Nick's no Kurt, uh, yeah. Kurt's ringtone is "Roar" by Katy Perry, and uh, and we find out Boulderstream wants a meeting with them. And well, Boulderstream, well, first is of all, giant- first of all, before the call comes in, before the call goes, they're depressed. Their idea, which seemed like it could be promising, now looks like it's about to fail. And uh, uh, Bateman's character, Nick says really dejectedly, I guess, you know, as much as we want to be our own bosses, we're, we're just cogs in the machine. To which Sudeika says, cocks in the machine? What, what, what is, is that? <laughs> cogs. Cogs. G- <laughs> Call so comes the, in. Yeah. All the streams on the line. Largest uh, manufacturing company, right? And so... Uh, it's a distribution company. Or it's distribution like, a, it's like an Amazon, company. basically. Right. And so... Uh, and so he, he says, "Oh yeah, my just send me an email. My email address? <laughs> uh, no, no, not Nick your says, email. Not, not, don't take your email." And he says, "It's it's fat balls, p h a t b a l l l l z at hotmail.com. At hotmail.com. <laughs> then he's excited. He plays the song. He says, "See, when you're sad, it's a it's a bad song. Happy, good song, and that's real art." Now we're at Boulder Stream. They're in the lobby. Uh, Dale is eating chocolate chip cookies. Uh, <laughs> Kurt is teaching him how to touch the elbow with your other hand when you give someone a handshake. Classy move. Classy move, right? And, uh, and he tries it. He gets. He's getting chocolate on uh, on uh, Nick. on yeah Nick on Nick's uh, jacket. And they're now they're arguing over that. Rex Pine or Rex Rex Hansen comes in, played by Chris Pine. Uh, they shake. They do the handshake. Uh, Kurt does the hand, handshake. And he goes, "Oh, that's a classy handshake." Yeah. Like it's just these, like these little things of like he always says something. And Nick always denies it, right? He's always like, "That's a stupid idea." And then, and then it, it ends up oh. being something that's a thing, right? I yeah. love, like, I just love that dynamic from from both movies. 
Yeah, and then Dale tries it, messages up, and says, I just learned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, like, grabs his elbow, right? Like, he yeah. messes up with their hands or whatever. So, so anyway, they, they, they go up to his office, right? Yeah. And he gives them a pitch. He tells them, hey, we love it. Uh, this thing's a home run idea. We'll give you uh, a one-time fee. And we're, and and we're going to take over everything, right? Do yeah. it in China. But uh, before he does that, he says he, he wastes a lot of time showing them trinkets in the in oh the office. God. Says, "Hey, this is you see this this is da 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 from this, and I see this football. This is the football that uh, Peyton Manning threw, and, and the guy caught us in, in his helmet, whatever." And so then he calls. He says, "Oh, hold on, before they before you guys can answer, say hold on, hold on." Calls in his uh, his uh, personal assistant. She walks in, gorgeous young lady. Yeah, and he says to her. Hey, we're trying to figure out beer cans. What are they made out of again? And she says aluminium because she's British and she has an accent. And he says that'll be it. And she walks out. And <laughs> Sudeikis <laughs> says, "Jesus fucking Christ!" Where, he, where grabs, he grabs Charlie's. He grabs Dale's arm. He grabs like in like amazement, right? Like just he's stunned. Where, where does she go now? Where does she go now? <laughs> so. So he so he basically says, "All right, guys, uh, this is my offer. You can take it or leave it." Uh, Nick says, "Hey, let's let's uh, you know let's. I want to convene with my partners here." He says, "Sure, take your time." So he says, "What do you guys think?" Dale, Dale says, "I didn't want to say anything, but I think he meant Eli Manning, not Peyton." Nick, he says, he says, Nick says, "Yeah, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, maybe Kurt." Kurt says, I think she has an amazing body, but the accent puts her over the top. <laughs> and Nick says, agreed on both points. What but I meant about the deal. <laughs> he's just so patient with them. <laughs> Sometimes he's so patient with them. Yeah. Because he just, you could tell, like, he just lives this, right? He's always having to focus them back. Um, they say that they have to take the, what I like about this too, and this is, you'll notice this happens throughout the entire movie. Whenever they're debating something, Sudeikis just agrees with every point. That's with made. the last, the last thing anyone says, Any, yeah, the last thing anyone says, he just agrees with it. He's like, oh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because while they're arguing whether they should take the money, Dale says, uh, you know, Charlie Day says, uh, "Oh man, I, I, I really could use the money for the, the I have triplets and the wife." And he says, "Yeah," and Sudeikis says, "Yeah, I could use the money." And <laughs> Bateman says. Uh, hold on now. I think I, as he said it himself, it's a home run. I say we bet on ourselves. <laughs> so they says, yeah, we should bet on ourselves. <laughs> he literally, but with the same kind of like, oh yeah, the, the same lack like, of resistance to any yeah, idea. Lack of resistance and like careful. Cons- it's like he's saying it with careful consideration, yeah. right? Like he just agrees to everything. And so they decided they're going to bet on themselves. Uh, Rex says it takes balls to walk away from $3 million. Now they want the deal, but the deal's off the table. Um, they, they, or Charlie asked for half. He said the deal's done. Right. Uh, then Bert Hansen played by Christoph Waltz walks out of the bathroom. It's his office. He scolds Rex for using his office Says, what did I tell you about using my office when I'm away? Um, he had been out of town. He talks to them about how he built his empire from the ground up, offers them a deal. That's going to get them a business loan with his bank. And says he's going to buy 100,000 units, but he's got to be the sole distributor. And he's like, do we have a deal? And Sudeikis goes, yeah, you've got a fucking deal. 
He goes, oh, let me think about this. Yeah, he's like, oh, let me think about it. Yeah, you got a fucking deal. I just love the way he delivers that. Charlie goes to shake his hand with the classy handshake. He gets he gets it right, but he gets chocolate on Bert's jacket. Yeah. Now we have a building montage of them setting up the warehouse. They're interviewing hot women to work for them. Uh, Sudeikis is just hiring every single hot woman that comes through. No matter how unqualified. The, the one how the unqualified. Says is, your eyes speak. She has no resume. The one who walks in with no resume, he says, your eyes speak for yourself. You seem honest. Yeah. And then... At, they, they bring up to me, you can't just hire hot, unqualified wait, 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 women. Wait, 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 before that, it's the last one, right? He, he hires the black woman and says, it says, you know, Tiffany, you're hired. And they hug and he goes, all right, get out of here. We'll see you Monday. And, or, but when he says he's hi- you're hired, he says, you know, you've got, your eyes are honest. And he says, you're hired. She's like, really? He goes, if you'll have us, right? It's if just you'll <laughs> so they tell him, yo, man, like you can't, you know, we're not going to sleep with any of these women. Can't sleep with his woman. And he says, what's he talking about? Yeah, he, he points at he points me. He goes, he goes, what's he talking about? Like, such a, like he had no idea. So it's, he's it's, like, you're like the boss. It's called sexual, sexual harassment. harassment. He says, yeah. so I got to fire them all now? He's like, you can't fire them for not sleeping with you. That's also That's sexual a, harassment. Then why are we even doing this? <laughs> so, so anyways, long story short, they get the 100,000 units made and it's yeah. three days early and everything is great. And so they decide to go surprise um, the elder uh, Hanson on the golf course with, hey, a cake says, thank you for believing in us. And we got the re- the order ready. And that's when Christoph Waltz's character reveals his fiendish plan. He says, on second thought, I'm not going to, I'm canceling the order. And they said, we can't cancel the order. We are 500 grand in the, in the hole. And he says, I know that. And I know that your your lender, which is the bank that I hooked up for you guys, is not going to extend credit on you guys. So you're going to go into default, which means your, your business is going to go into auction where I'm going to buy it for pennies on the dollar and uh, and basically cheaper than it would have been for me to make have this made in China. And I'm going to name it the Shower Pal. And that's when it hits them. And they're like, wow, it's a better name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rex talk shit. Uh, Bert Get these guys them. for crowns because they got fucked royally. Uh, yeah, uh. and he's like, you know, they they know they've they they've accepted their defeat. There's no need to rub it in, right? Yeah, so he's always scolding Rex, and uh, and Sudeikis like walks up. He's like, hey, buddy, you don't want to make enemies out of us. And and Christoph Waltz just steps right in front, right in his face, and goes, I make enemies every day. It's called business. Um, and Sudeikis like, hey, I didn't walk up on you like that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they take the cake and the balloons and the balloons smack them on the way out. I love that. That's yeah. a nice little touch. So now they're arguing over who gets the blame for betting on themselves. They decide they oh, need to come up. You know, the, the line is the line is they're, they're at first. They're just going nuts. Sudeikis says, what happened to decency? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then so I'm going to I'm I'm get a divorce. Yeah. They said I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to only see my kids at McDonald's on visitation. And then right under his breath, Bateman says, what, the, what were we thinking betting ourselves? Why the fuck would we do that? <laughs> he says, fuck so hard. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, so anyways, so they say, let's think about what we could do. No idea is a bad idea. Let's brainstorm. Yeah. Let's brainstorm. First idea out. Let's kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, they write murder on the board. <laughs> like, how is that going to help us? Anyone. Right, how is this going to help us? Yeah. But how is this going to help us pay off our, our debt? So we're going to harvest their organs and sell them on the black market. 
<laughs> what about so they keep coming up with terrible ideas on movies? What about the the movie Speed? The we'll plot put of the movie Speed. The plot of the movie Speed. Oh, we'll put a bomb on the bus. <laughs> what he the goes, fuck is that? You said no idea was a no idea was a bad idea. I was wrong. That idea sucks. This movie sucks, and you guys suck. Uh, he's like he's like that movie introduced introduced us to Sandy Bullock. He goes, I fucking love Sandra Bullock. Sorry, I'm running hot. I'm running hot. So finally. He takes the uh, Parker. Well, no, someone says something about. No, he, oh. he so he grabs the mar- he grabs the marker. He goes, "Come on, give me the marker back." We got write ideas down. He goes, "You want the marker? Give me five hundred thousand dollars for it." That's how you get the marker. So yeah, it says, yeah, you you hold the marker hostage, and that's when Sudeikis has the idea. He says he grabs a marker and he writes on the board, K I D N A P I N G, and it says. There's there there's a solution. <laughs> Bateman says, "What's kidnapping?" <laughs> he says, he says "Kidnapping." He goes, "With one more p, it is. That's kidnapping." <laughs> well, how are the fuck you spell it? <laughs> he says, "What the fuck do you know about kidnapping?" And I said, "I know who's someone who does who, motherfucker Jones." He says, "Jesus Christ!" Before we do that, let's go to someone with some real business experience, and they go to see Kevin Spacey in prison. Yeah, and Kevin Spacey says, "Hello, Nick." Hello, guy who saved me. Hello, guy who fucked my wife. To which today can says, it was a blowjob. It was a blowjob only. <laughs> they're, they're doing the thing over the phone yeah. at the prison. And says, I, he says, and so he tra- starts to tell him about what's happening. He says, I know what happened to you guys. I know that guy really well. I love how he bent you three idiots over a barrel and showed you the 50 states. To which today can says, told you it was a saying. Yeah. It's a callback, of course, to the first movie where... <laughs> Sudeikis so says, I'm going to bend her over and show her the 50 states. And and uh, Bateman says, that's not a saying. And he says, yeah, of course it is. And it, but I like what he says. He says, see, I told you it was a saying. Like, Bateman just goes, wow. Like, he just, <laughs> like, and anytime he, right? Anytime he does, says, like, that's not a thing. It's like, it just brings it back and it ends up being true. Spacey's laughing at how dumb they are, calls them fucking morons. And he says, because you're all fucking morons. <laughs> and Sudeikis goes, yeah, you, you're, you're right. You shine a light on that one. <laughs> There's plenty that could be done, but you won't do it. And do you want to know why? No, not really. Because you have no balls. I see. Okay. And your fathers had no balls. You were all a product of generations of ballless men who were either too weak or too frightened to stand up and take what was theirs. And one day, you will pass on your empty, shriveled sacks to your own pitiful offspring. Charlie Day can't hear any of this because he's on the other side of the phone, so he says... I can't hear it. I can't. I gotta be honest. I can't hear a single thing. What is he talking about? And Sudeikis says, "Our nutsacks mostly." <laughs> how did how did that come up? Bitch <laughs> in the kidnapping. Bitch in the kidnapping. Grow some balls. You want to see some balls, Kurt? Kidnap someone. You'll end up in here. Then you'll see plenty of balls on your forehead. Why are they on my forehead? Is the dick on top of my head? It makes no sense. <laughs> goes, uh, oh, oh, I'm, I'm upside down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, you are, and your, your face is getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we go to the bar to meet motherfucker Jones. Um, same bar, by the way, the same bar they met him at the same, same time and yeah. at the first time, same, same booth and everything. Same bar, same booth, same everything. And so he's like, you know, Bateman's trying to say kidnapping's a terrible idea, right? Um, and he wants him, he wants motherfucker Jones to talk him out of it. And, and he's like, he's like, name one movie. Name one movie where the kidnappers got away with it. And he goes, Where they five. weren't dead or incarcerated at the end yeah. of the movie. I said, and a five. 
Name me two movies. So, no, you said name one movie. Boom, right in your face. And then Snakes, and Snakes goes, Nine to Five was this movie. I know what the fuck Nine to Five is. Bitch got the old titties. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's all like, the titties. He's like, <laughs> like, it's, about, it's about the white bitch with the big-ass titties. Yeah. <laughs> like, she got she older, got titties got younger. Can I pose the question to you colonizers? To which Raymond says, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> So you know what bothers me? You know what bothers me is when everyone attributes colonizers to Black Panther, to the movie Black Panther, right? Because of Michael B. Jordan's characters, you know, calls them colonizers, whatever. And I think it's from this movie. I think this is the movie that should be referenced. Amy Foxx's character said colonizers first. Yeah. Years ago, like four years before Black Panther came out. Yeah. Uh, so he, says, he says he'll give him the watch. Um, well, no, or, well, you know, he says he'll give him the plan. I'll he help you guys. I, and I need $50,000. They said, we have no money, so that's not going to work. 600 bucks. It's the weirdest negotiating style. <laughs> so he says, how about that watch? You give me that watch. <laughs> and and David says, you can borrow it while you give us your shitty plan. Yeah. It's a tag player. Gives him the watch, puts the watch on. And he says very kind of ominously, that's what you do. Slip him a Mickey. And they just sit there in silence for a second. And Bateman says, Give me the watch, man. <laughs> That's the ultimate shutdown, man. He's like, he's like, you know, Mickey. It's like the date rape drug. Where do we get them? And he goes, he says, he's like, I know. Why the fuck do you? He's like, why the fuck do you think I would know where I would know where the date rape or where to get date rape drugs? He goes, he's like, you told us to get them. He's like, you brought it up. He says, you've got N word in your eyes. <laughs> why are your eyes saying the N word? This is Sudeikis. Why are your eyes saying the N word? You got clan eyes. You ever take a t- a, an eye test? Or oh, you pick out of the K's. So, so they they go, they move on, uh, they go get supplies to execute this heist, where they're going to kidnap uh, Chris Pine's character. This is where the Mary fuck kill the Brady's thing is happening. Uh, Dale comes back with supplies, and he's got Dora the Explorer walkie talkies. Nick, who usually is on top of shit, says, "Oh my god, this we... is one of my this is one of the funniest exchanges." Uh, why don't we just use our phones? To which <laughs> Charlie Day goes nuts and says, "Let's just use our phones to keep a record of everything we say and do." Yeah, like, Where we you are. watch the fucking oh, news. <laughs> hey Obama, I'm breaking into my old office. And the just... says, "It's just the three of us doing this. It's not the three of us in the NSA, you dipshit." <laughs> They shit on him so hard. But anyway, the plan is to break into Dale's old office, uh, basically Charlie Day's old office, which is the uh, dentist where Jennifer Aniston was the uh, the uh, sexual harassment uh, queen, I guess, right. and steal some laughing gas from there so that they can gas the dude, kidnap him, and then uh, execute the plan. They get there. Uh, Sudeikis and Charlie Day go inside. Nick play uh Bateman plays lookout and uh they I mean again this isn't high level comedy but just the number of times they say his name we say can you not say my name on the radio why not because someone could be using the frequency oh good idea there's the old Hendrix brain and now you've used both my first and my last <laughs> and so they keep coming up with reasons to Say so. Say, oh, we should come up with code names. I'm gonna be the blade. I'm gonna be, you know, this, that. Majestic is lion, right? I don't give a fuck what you call yourselves. How about Saint Nick for you? <laughs> Said my name four fucking times. 
<laughs> you just get the gas and get out of there. And so he's yelling. So then uh, Julie comes, played by Jennifer Aniston. Ju- Julie comes uh, with the support group, and he's trying to warn them that they're going to walk into the building. But they, but these idiots have their thumb pressed down on the button, so no, nothing coming, nothing comes through except for they're arguing about nicknames. Um, so he can't warn them. Uh, they hide in the uh, they hide in the bathroom of the lobby of the dentist's office. They start setting chairs up. Uh, the group starts setting chairs up. It's a support group. It's a sex addiction uh, support group. Um, Bateman comes to warn them. He's like sneaking around to warn them. A cop uh, busts him, but the cop is uh, is there for the support group as well. He's not doing security, so he brings in uh, Bateman into the meeting. But Bateman thinks it's an AA meeting, so he's talking about like he's talking about you know um, his addiction and like oh yeah he's just you know face down on the floor with the fellas every night and, you know, just chugging one. It makes like the chugging one after the other double yeah. fistings. I'm like, arr, arr, arr. Those, those idiots are hiding in the bathroom. And at, is he telling the truth? But I don't, I don't know. But if he is good for him. So he, it's, he, it's good. It's good to have a gay friend in the group. It is. <laughs> it makes the group more colorful. <laughs> So they, uh, so he then gets told like, you know, no, what's your sex addiction? And he's like, my sex addiction, or she says, so your sex addiction is, is gay, um, by nature or something like that. And he goes, my sex addiction, my sex addiction. And then they, they drop the canister right in the bathroom. They make a noise. And then he starts saying like, he starts telling a story like, oh, let me tell you, you know, it's not gay, but let me tell you about this time in wrestling camp. Did you guys wear those, um, tight little Singlets? Is that what they're called? That's right. Singlets. Tight little spandex offering a clear little outline of, say, a circumcised helmet. Oh, boy. It might get warm. Okay, uh, maybe someone else should share. No, no, no. Let's go to the unit. Sorry? What was the unit like on this little boy? Was it veiny, smooth, little turtleneck, anteater? That just, I don't know. Pretty normal. Starter penis? Not the words I would have used, mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. Now, did this penis ever at, at any point find its way into your mouth? Jesus. Julia, no, you're not going to pull this stunt again. What stunt is that? Stopping a meeting early so she can try to flip another gay. Really? She always wants what she can't have. Listen, relax, okay? He's not even gay. He had one cock when he was 14, and it hasn't even made its way into his mouth yet. Well, if you'd let me finish. So you did eat that cock. You're asking if I sucked it? I know you sucked it. I just want to hear you say it. Okay, Blanston, you don't have to say it. Ross, shut your mouth, yeah, please. Shut up and let him share. So you ate it. Please say yes, please say yes. You want to know if I ate that dick? Did you suck that cock like a bomb popped down to the blue? You want the answer? Give it to me, Blanston. I ate that dick, I ate those balls, and I licked that kid's sweaty asshole. Damn right you did, because right. you are awesomely gay. I am super gay, never been straight. You know what else I've never been? What? Inside a woman. Meeting adjourned. Everybody else. Son of a bitch. Gets it to where she ends the meeting uh kicks everyone out and they're gonna go fuck in the dentist's office they end up uh so well while she goes in the in the office to get ready he tells the guys in the bathroom go ahead and get out get out and as they're escaping he's closing the door after them what are you you doing i'll be right out i gotta complete the diversion (laughs) so they can says i thought you were gay i'm not gay oh you're bi he says I'm not. He says I'm not by. And then the confused look that Sudeikis gives is like, it's Rob Corddry reaction levels to me, for the callback to to what was a heartbreak kid, right? Like yes. it's 
it's uh, like he's just so confused and like <laughs> furls his brow and like cocks his head. He just doesn't understand that he's trying to figure out what Nick is at that point. So they're working on the so uh, so Kurt and Dale are working on the ransom note. Um, they've got it all laid out on the paper, and then when Bateman comes into the car, he closes the door and all the letters blow off the paper because uh, Charlie wasn't uh, gluing them down. Yeah. By the way, Charlie Charlie reads the letter out loud as they first completed, and and Sudeikis looks at him and says, "I wish you were there to read it to him." That voice is so sinister. And then he says, "I hope this doesn't sound cocky. I think we're really good at this. <laughs> we're not murderers. We're really good at kidnapping." Um, and so he starts, you know, talk. You know, Bateman comes in. He starts talking about like having like how incredible the sex was with Julie and everything. And, uh, and, and they start teasing him. They go, what do you love her? And he's, there's a long pause and he goes, <laughs> no. And, <laughs> and Charlie tells, that was a real long pause. And Sudeikis goes, Sudeikis goes, that's a fucking moment of silence. <laughs> so now they go to, they go to Rex's house to, to kidnap him. They've got, uh, they go up to the front door and they say they've got a plan and they just try, I love this. They just try to open the door. Right. And it's locked. He goes, Oh, it's locked. He goes, the plan didn't account for a locked door. He goes, well, it's 50, 50. How do you figure? And Charlie says, well, it's either locked or unlocked. It's basic math. What's up with you tonight? <laughs> He's concerned that, that Nick's plan, the one screwing your, all this up. Your plan sucks. Your math sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So then they ring the doorbell, and it's uh, what's the song? Do you know the song? I know no, the song I from the eighties. It's it's I don't know the song. I didn't yeah, recognize but the song. I, the only part I know is the part they sing. You're like, no matter what you do, I will nah, always nah, be nah, with nah, you. Nah. Yeah, and they're like, nah. and he's like, all right, you guys got to be quiet. You guys got to be quiet. And they keep getting louder and louder as they sing the song to each other. And he's like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, wow, you got to be quiet. <laughs> um he tries Uh, to oh they try to use the credit card right yes um so he's like oh give me a credit card i've seen it in a movie he goes to he goes he uses the credit card to like jimmy the lock open and it just slides right through the door and falls inside the house he goes (laughs) he goes oh there it is just staring right back at us and he's like they try to bail and he's like no my credit card's in there they're like just call and cancel it they'll send you one overnight like it's real quick He's like, well, no, they'll know I'm here because my credit card's here. And they goes, well, technically they'll know you were here. So you can already tell there's no camaraderie here. There's no, there's no like, oh, we're in this together. They're always gonna like just dime each other out, which is like a, a consistent worry between all of them if one of them gets caught. <laughs> uh, Rex's maid shows up, walks in the house. They sneak in behind her. They grab the credit card. Well, the maid, the maid shows up. Is that his wife? No, that's a '93 Civic. She's driving, and she's carrying his dry cleaning. So I'm gonna go with it's his maid. To which Sadeka says he married his maid. <laughs> There's a lot of these little dumb lines that I know, I know, but I, I just think they're hilarious, man. They're great. Um, she does the dishes. Rex comes home uh, as they try to sneak out. So now they got to run into the into the closet in the bedroom. Um, Rex is a complete asshole to his maid. He's like racist and everything. Uh, he's mocking her like Asian accent and everything. Um, he said you know, he threatens to fire her because there's like water droplets in the sink. Says he's joking. Says I wouldn't fire you on your birthday. Um, gets a call. She goes to like. Uh, so he's on the phone. She goes to put a dry cleaning away. She then scrubs her ass with the toothbrush. 
Uh, Not going in deep enough. Yeah, which is a callback to the first movie when Sudeikis does that. Uh, He's like, that's my thing. She's not going too deep enough. Then Rex comes in. He brushes his teeth. They're loving it. So now they're going over the plan. And he says, all right, so Dale starts the gas. So then Dale turns the gas on because he thought he was saying start the gas now. The, The nozzle gets broken. So now it's just leaking out. They get high. They pass out. Um, it cuts to the morning. They're woken up by uh, uh ringtone of roar by Katy Perry again. Um, so when they, they're like sneaking out of the house, but they don't know if he's home. And he goes, well, we, we don't know where he is. Like, we don't know if he's home. And so Char- Charlie just screams, Rex, Rex. <laughs> he's like, why? What if he was home? He goes, I didn't think that far ahead. Sudeikis is just he's just like dying at the view like he's oh man he's so impressed by everything so now they drive back to the warehouse they're talking about how they've dodged a bullet Uh, you know they they almost made the biggest mistake of their lives when they get to the warehouse they hear something in the trunk it's Rex he's tied himself up and pretending to be kidnapped he gets out of the car he's just laughing because he can't believe the look on their face and everything um he takes them into their office, says he's underestimated them, that they've got balls, and he wants in on the kidnapping idea. We find out he sent the ransom note to his dad for $5 million. Um, he upped the ante on it, said uh, said that he's going to get four of it. They get one. And they double their money. And they're saying, like, no, we're out. Like, we don't want to do this. He basically says, you have to. He starts to beat himself up um, to say, like, I'm just going to tell the police that you you, oh. know, you kidnapped me and you threatened Holy me. Holy shit, he's fight clubbing himself. <laughs> He's fight gloving himself. So I had a question here. Was that scene where we see the hidden cameras, was that always in the movie? Or was that like one of those added oh, in like, out director's I, I remember that. I remember okay. that from the first time I watched the movie. I've ne- I had no memory. I'm like, oh, man, oh. it shows her like going to town on this. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're, they're like, hey, someone was in here last night. She's like, yeah, it was my sex support group. And they're like, no, before the login. So she checks the cameras. She sees that those three guys were there. Um, wants to know why Dale was with Blanston, which was the fake name he gave. Then she like has them watch the sec, has the secretaries watch her have sex with him. Then we cut to, oh, then we uh, cut to they need to make the ransom call, right? The ransom call. All right, guys, it's ringing. Remember, you guys hold all the cards, game faces. You are going to crush this. Wait, hold on, hold on. He knows what we sound like. We gotta like use an accent or something. You know accents? what I mean? No, like, accents. Some sort of that's ridiculous. It's a great idea, Curdy. Boulder Stream. Oh, my God, who is this? The secretary? Uh, hey, old me. Let me speak to Mr. Burt Henson. No, I don't mind holding. Yeah, I just barely even called you right now already. That's incredibly racist. It's super racist. Just, just, just do a southern accent. Southern, southern, I got. Uh, southern, southern, no problem. Hanson. Well, howdy there, partner. Uh, this here's a chance what got your young and all. And well, we, we got some talking to do. Southern, like not old the- I thought that was pretty good. Listen, you low-life bottom feeder, I don't have time for this little fuck around. Either this ends right now, or it ends with bullets in your skulls. <laughs> now you hush there. You don't scare us one bit. We got your boy. Uh, I bet that tears you up something fierce. Yeah. How do I know you really have my boy? Dad. Dad, is that you? Please, they're, they're crazy. They told me if you called the police, they'd kill me. Please, please do whatever they say. I don't want to die, Dad. No police. Oh, God. Rex, Rex, where are you? Now you listen here. Y'all gonna have to wrestle up that five million bucks in cash. We're looking at all hundred 
Unmarked. Unmarked. No traces. No traces and no die packs neither. Sure. Otherwise, we're going to take your boy and string him up by his pretty little neck with the roughest, coarsest piece of rope we got in our rope inventory. You understand? You got 24 hours before he dead. It might be one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life. It's like he just loses complete control over what he needs to say. It's just just making it up on the go. And it's just it's so bad. Like everything they do is just so bumbling and stupid. Um they drive back to the warehouse. We find out the police are involved. Uh Bert well, well, First of all, as they're driving back, they're everyone in the car is very other than Nick is very happy about it. Oh, they this love went. it. Yeah. They all went and so, so well. at some point, Nick, played by Jason Bateman, gets upset and he says, get your mouth off his dick. And they're all talking at the same time. And I don't know if you noticed Chris Pine in the back say, whoa, 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 yeah, take, take it down a notch. <laughs> he, does, he does a really good job of, there's several times in this movie where Charlie Day and Sudeikis are talking and he manages to like slip in, like like do the same thing, like kind of the chemistry works. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. He fits in. He he slides in perfectly with with their whole dynamic. Um. So now he's got to hide. They got to get out and talk to the detectives. Um. They kind of, you know, they're they're playing dumb. Like it's not their building, right? Like it's not their warehouse. It's not their. Does anyone does anyone really own anything? Right. Yeah. He's like, you know, matter and space and. It- <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, this is our place. He's like, you know, a Bert Hansen, like Bart, Her- like what? Is like Bart Hansen? No, I don't know Bart Hansen. He's like, really? Because I heard you guys had a deal with them. Maybe that deal went south. He goes, oh, Bert Hansen. Yes, yes, yeah, we know. He's like, yeah, we. He's like, yeah, it's horrible. We definitely don't think his kid should have been, you know, kidnapped or anything. His son should have been kidnapped. He's like, I didn't mention anything about kidnapping. And then they just start talking in circles. Like, just talking in circles to where Sudeikis like, yeah, because I remember you used that word. I thought, kidnapping, what a weird word, right? They just talk in circles and circles and circles. It's going to be kidnapping. Yeah, kidnapping, right? And, and so finally he's like, he, you know, the detective turns to the cop. He's like, did I say kidnapping? He's like, I don't know. I kind of got lost in everything they were jabbering about. But, yeah, you might have. He's like, all right, maybe I maybe did. Maybe I did. It's been yeah. a long day. Says he's got to be in touch with them. Uh, so now they get everyone out of the factory, out of the warehouse. They go and they're consoling uh, Chris Pine. They're consoling Rex, who was just well, out. now knows. Yeah, because now he knows because they said in the ransom call, as we heard in the ransom call, don't call the cops or we'll kill your son. And once the cops show up, he knows he called the cops. So yeah. he knows he doesn't really care about him like that. And so he's he's sad and he's crying. And uh, Charlie Day and Sudeikis start feeling bad for him. Say, look at how blue his eyes are when he's crying. <laughs> and they're like doing like as he's like trying to talk about like, no, 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 we're still going to do this. Right. Like he gets to a point where he's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to pull this off. We're going to you know fuck my dad over and all this stuff and getting that money. And and as he's trying to talk Nick into the reasons for why they need to like stand up for themselves and take a stand and everything like Sudeikis and Charlie are just. They're just like hype manning him in the back to an annoying degree to where he like keeps having to stop. And he's like, guys, I got this. They yeah, stop they, talking. They no, they're stop. they're constantly talking. It's, There's it's, so it's, much dialogue. It's pretty incredible that they're able to keep talking and to and everything they say is hilarious, by the way. But you have to focus at one of one at a time to kind of figure 
uh, figure out what they're saying. That's why I don't uh, understand the criticism from the reviews, right? Because like, I think you have to watch it a couple of times, like you said, to catch everything. But the first time I watched it, I was still dying. Oh, it's still dying because you got yeah. lines like this where he said, where he accuses where uh, Bateman accuses Sudeikis and Day of having Stockholm syndrome because they're feeling bad for this dude. And Sudeikis says, what's that, jet lag? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and when they're they're talking about, like, when they're trying to say, like, you know, no, your dad, you know, he loves you. He loves you and everything. And he goes, and Sudeikis turns to Charlie, and he's like, he's like, can you imagine, you know, if this happened to your girls, like, you'd call the cops? And he goes, no, I don't think I would. I couldn't take that risk. He just completely <laughs> undercuts their entire like pitch to him of like why he's still lo- he's still loved and everything. And again, now gonna- again, a com- a recurring theme, <laughs> where someone undermines the whole purpose of what they're trying to do by just being honest at the wrong time. Right, being honest at the wrong time, they're constantly getting in their own way. Um, and so now they're gonna now they need to figure out a drop plan. Uh, Jason Bateman doesn't want to keep doing this, but they convince him like, all right, if we come up with a plan that you feel is, you know, will work, then we do this. But if not, we all, we all go our separate ways. Right. Montage. Uh, Montage. Yeah. The plan, the plan, like they, they fantasize how the plan is supposed to work. It's actually a pretty good plan, right. Where, uh, they, they have separate phones and, and one phone on on the bench. And then you get the the other instructions to go somewhere else and somewhere else, an underground parking garage. And then, and so they won't have a signal for the wire and then they'll exchange the money. So to make sure there's no tracer in the bag, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a good plan. And at the end of it, they're like, we'll celebrate and we're and they're all by a pool and there's money and there's women. And then there's Charlie day and his wife and kids there. (laughs) And they said, get your kids out of the fantasy. And he says, uh, you know, I, I, that's, that's how I like to fantasize. I fantasize about my family or whatever. So uh, uh, Chris Pine is congratulating them on coming up with such a great plan, great idea to go underground. That was from from uh, uh, Bateman. Uh, great idea with the dark phones. That was from Sudeikis. Sudeikis says, I got that from Grand Theft Auto. So then they see mother, Motherfucker one more time, don't they? They do. They go see Motherfucker tell him the plan to make sure that he likes it. He's like, good luck, boys. And he starts laughing to himself, like, what, what are you laughing about? And he's like, I just said good luck. He's like, no, nah, it's a sinister giggle. <laughs> a little advice. And they're like, no, nah, we're good. And he goes, he's like, you're fine. Get the fuck on then. And, and they're like, no, 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 hold on. We, we got to hear what he wants to say. He says, y'all are criminals now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to which Bateman says, it's never good advice, is it? <laughs> He's so like exhausted. Every line is delivered with this exhaustion. Yeah. This. Oh man. So he uh, says, "You guys are criminals. You got to act like criminals." Shut the fuck up. See, you can't have this both ways. Every time you guys come in here, you're like, "Oh, we're just a bunch of happy-go-lucky guys." You know, once again, through no fault of our own, we found ourselves in another pickle that we can't get our fingers out of our asses. Fuck that chicken shit. There you go. They meet up with Chris Pine one last time. Yeah, they like put he, him in the warehouse, right, in the abandoned warehouse. He gives them a he gives them a keepsake, which is a claw from the from the original Predator movie, and 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 he's like, hey, I want you guys to have this. And he looks at Charlie Day, says, you like Predator, right? He's like, I love. Well, you can't even love Predator. He looks at Sudeikis, says, you love Predator too. He's like, I love Predator too, not the sequel. I mean, I love Predator also. And then he gives it to to he looks at uh, uh Bateman, says, you love Predator, and he says, well. 
not at first, but over time it's grown on me. Because Charlie Day says, is this a metaphor? I'm sorry, I'm telling He's like, a metaphor. Like, are we still talking about Predator? <laughs> he fell on the sachet onto the floor. <laughs> like, yeah, you got that sack of cash. He's like, I want you to sachet up to the 4th Street Bridge. <laughs> You're going to find a bench up there about halfway up. I want you to take a load off. Uh, <laughs> like, come along if you do. We'll return your son to your home. Liggity spliggity. <laughs> So the cops are, the cops are, you know, listening in. They can't trace it, but they give him the sack of cash and like he says, like you know, Christoph Waltz says, this bu- this bag is your number one priority. He goes, no, your son's life is. And you're like, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I think I think I do. Um, so now the the plan is in place. They 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 got the room with the telescope. They can see where Christoph Waltz is. He sits down on the bench. Cool. Go ahead and make the call. He calls and. Instead of seeing Christoph Waltz pick up the phone, you hear a ringtone, uh, like a generic ringtone in the room, and uh, <laughs> it's in Tadekis's pocket. He pulls out the phone and says, who could be calling right now? It's an unknown number. <laughs> <laughs> Bateman just says, it's me, Dickless. And they realize that instead of taping the dark phone under the bench, he's taped his own phone. Because he was distracted by some women that were jogging, uh, because of course he's a, ho- a big horn dog. So while they're trying to figure out what to do, they're like, "Well, maybe he won't notice the phone," and he sits down on the bench and notices it immediately. <laughs> and so they like, call so he doesn't look through and see our pictures. And so they like, call and you hear the roar by Katy Perry, and which <laughs> the cops are like, "Roar by Katy Perry." These guys are confident. <laughs> oh man uh so they're giving the instructions to go to wait 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 wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> they don't just uh. give instructions <laughs> so he calls and he answers the phone and sedinkus gets on there he goes oh it looks like a grasshopper too much it's so over the top it's the worst accent ever and it's not just the accent it's the the colloquialisms, like sachet and all, all these yeah. words oh that nobody God. talks like that. Yeah. So, anyways, um, they give him the plan, right? They tell him, they yeah. tell him, look, you got to go to the Mandrake Hotel. You're gonna go underground to the you know level four or whatever, and go this parking spot. And then Charlie, <laughs> Charlie grabs the phone to threaten him. He goes, "We know you got oh. the law with you because that's something we do know." So if any of them follow you, I'm going to personally stick a hot poker so far up your son's ass, I'm going to pop his teeth like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> to which Sadekas then, like, Bateman grabs the, you know, grabs the phone away from him, hangs up the phone, and Snake's like, we're back on track. Like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so so now, uh, the, now, the, now the plan yeah. is starting to unravel even more. The masks that they're going to wear are, are super shitty. Um it's super shitty. There's no costumes, right? There's no bellhop costumes. And uh, it would, <laughs> when Sedakis comes out in the Christoph Waltz, the Christoph Waltz uh, <laughs> disguise, he's like, who the hell are you? To which Sedakis goes, it's me, Kurt. Like, he thought the disguise was nice. You look like Mark Twain. <laughs> like, none of this is how I imagined it, you guys. Oh, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and so they're about to leave. They're about to leave their hotel room to go execute this plan. They open up the hotel room. Uh, they open up the door, and uh, Jennifer Aniston's there. Julie's there. 
and it basically says um, that she's going to turn them. She's been following them uh, for weeks, and and now she's she's going to turn them in, right? Unless Dale fucks her, unless Charlie. You know, fucks I, her. I believe I believe the term that she uses unless Dale plows me. Plows. Dale Dale says, "Why me? What's so special about me?" At which point, both Sudeikis and uh, and Dave Bateman, who, by the way, is truly in love with her. They say, oh, that's a fair question. Everyone's wondering. I am. So she's, she's like, do you, ever, do you ever collect anything? She's like, he's like, no, never collect anything. He's like, tons of stuff. Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> like the new Beanie Babies, which doesn't make any sense. He's like, fine, I collect some stuff. She's like, well, I collect cocks. Cogs? <laughs> cogs. And Bateman corrects, cocks. <laughs> she's like right up here i've got an impressive trophy room filled with cocks um so they goes we're in there and goes, Don't. <laughs> she's like i reorder she's like i organize them like i uh, alphabetize them i dust them <laughs> Why are they Why dust? <laughs> she's like you see that space over the mantle there's one that empty space over the fire mantle or over the fireplace you see that that's he's like I got a cock or he's like you got a cock missing he's like that's reserved for the only person who's ever said no to this that's you Dale my white whale and and she says it so lovingly and Bateman is so disgusted and annoyed because like you say he's in love with her oh, yeah he's, he's, yeah so he's like hey look <laughs> he doesn't say look I'll fuck you and then we'll get this over he says no <laughs> what if I make love to you? He uses the words make love to you. He's like, you know what I'm talking about? Us. She's like, what she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know what I'm talking about? Us. She's like, us? All of us? So now she wants to have a four-way. Yeah. And so she says, I'm it's gonna go fresh in. It's a All right, here we go. What are you doing? She wants us to fuck her. <laughs> so then they start to try to figure out what is the most appropriate way for Dale to have sex with her where he can feel the least amount of guilt. Right. So Sudeikis goes, how about butt? <laughs> butt, pussy, mouth. He's like, no, no, I feel like pussy makes me the most guilty. Like, okay, how about that he still takes butt for himself? Yeah, he's, he always takes butt for himself. <laughs> and it's like, but pussy to, to, um, to Bateman, and you get mouth. And it's like, no, no, I like this. It's like a shell game. If we just keep moving it around, I don't you have to be inside of pussy. They're, they're arguing this. And Dale's wife walks in. Yeah, she's been tracking him on Track My iPhone, right? Yep. And, and she uh, hears everything yeah. and she confirms her suspicion that she thinks he's cheating on her. And uh, she's like, I can't believe you do this. This marriage is over. At, at which point, Sudeikis tries to defend him. Say, no, 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 it's not what it seems like. I chose to ask both. And so now... Uh, so now Dale, like she, the wife goes storming off with the kids. Dale gets pissed. He's like, all right. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's like, all right. Uh, oh God. What did he say? You want to fuck? All right. Uh, well, fuck, I'm like, are you ruining my, my life? You ruined my marriage. I'm about to ruin that pussy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Bateman said, wait, 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 I thought I had. <laughs> no, 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 your face. I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he goes, he goes, no, 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 this is all me. And Snake's like, what? <laughs> he goes, let's go do it in the shower. He walks her into the bathroom and then barricades the door. Yeah, locks her and barricades her with a chair. And uh, and he's like, all right, let's go. He's like, I may not be able to 
you know, save my marriage, but we're not going to go to jail over this. Right? right. So now Bert is in the underground parking garage. They come yeah, out. Ridiculous wig uh, masks. Yeah. Ridiculous uh, masks. The money drop is made. Uh, and then uh, they've got a gun, but it's, it's, it's not loaded. And they're like, Hey, don't take a step closer. And he's like, you people make me sick. Comes up to them. And, uh, Bateman pretends to shoot him, except he actually gets shot. Everyone starts freaking out. Like, I thought the gun wasn't loaded, da-da-da. And then they hear a laugh, and it is Chris Pine's character holding a gun. Turns out he shot his own father, and he's laughing hysterically. He's laughing hysterically. You can see the look on your guys' faces. You guys are so ready to argue about whose fault it was, da-da-da. And then he basically reveals his plan to them. All along, I was going to just take the money, but then I realized I could just kill my dad, have you guys take the fall for it, and then I inherit everything. He basically laughs and says, hey, have fun, and the cops show up and find you guys as my dead dad. At which point, Sadek says, wait, no, no, wait, wait, and he pulls out a recorder, which, again, was a call back, back to the first movie, yeah. and plays the recording of him admitting everything. And, and it's like, yeah, that's great. He's like, yeah, check me, bitch. And Chris Pine says, yeah, give me that. <laughs> he takes it. He's like, oh, yeah. He crushes it under his foot. Bateman says, you couldn't, just two more minutes. You couldn't keep your mouth shut. Yeah, when he, when, he, when he crushes it, when he steps on it and kicks it into the gutter, he's like, oh, that was a gift. It was a gift. <laughs> and so he walks away, and he's like, oh, he's got the butt on his leg. He's like, oh, that's his father's butt on his leg. And he turns around, comes back, and at gunpoint, Points at Kurt and uh, Ed Sudeik says, what are you, a 32 waist? <laughs> and Charlie Day says, oh, shit, he's going to rape us. <laughs> uh, so basically, he switches pants with them. And again, Bateman says, you, you, just, you guys can't keep anything to yourselves, can you? And then he throws the gun. And Charlie Day catches it. And says, don't, don't catch the gun. Like, I can't help it. I've got great hands. <laughs> Which, again, is a callback to the first movie where uh, Kevin Spacey throws the gun and Charlie Day, of course, catches it. So now they're screwed. They're here with a bag full of money and a dead dude. And the cops are coming. And a car pulls up. And it's motherfucker Jones. Yep. And he says, get in. And... He said, and they drive off, and they say, hey, what were you doing in the garage? And he reveals that he had an inkling that they were going to get killed, a double cross and killed. And so he figured it'd be better if I had the money and spent the money rather than some dude that double cross who killed you, right? <laughs> so now he's like, we, he's like we, we're going to get to the warehouse you know, before Rex. So he's driving crazy all over the town while the police chase him. Um, they get to uh, they they like just barely beat a, a train coming right like he just barely it's like the classic movie like goes yeah. flying over the train tracks as the train's coming so he's he's gotten away that's from the cops how, that's how you lose the cops yeah that's how you lose the cops he's like wait we're not supposed to lose the cops we're supposed to follow us to the warehouse so then he throws in reverse he's just waiting while the train's going there the cops are waiting for the train to to end they're waiting. Um, Sudeikis waves and it's like, we'll just stay here till all this shit goes by <laughs> and then we'll all roll. He's like, give us like, the detective's like, what are these assholes doing? They think they're that good. Yeah. Uh, so they sit, they sit there and while they're waiting, it, it's, it's one of the greatest things. First of all, they look in the back of the truck and he's got all this, like, uh, those clawing posts for cats. Yeah. 
And he, and they said, what, what the fuck is up with what's this shit in the back of your car? He's like, oh, it's for my kitties. It's like, oh, you got a problem with that? You know, he's very defensive about everything. And so they and they're you know they're all like trying to like no 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 it's just a question, dude. You're on edge. And Sadek is underneath. Says, I love pussy. <laughs> you hear that one? <laughs> yeah. Then they're sitting there and they're waiting and silence. And Jamie Foxx is eating on a Twizzler. And then he looks over at Charlie Day and offers a Twizzler. And Charlie Day grabs it, kind of nods a thank you. And then right before he's about to bite it, he looks at Sudeikis and offers Twizzler. And he says, yeah. So, again, no words spoken. Rips it in half, hands it to him. And then the three of them choose so loudly. For so long. It is the most ridiculous scene. And, and Bateman's just looking at all of them. He just <laughs> looks so mad. He looks so annoyed by the chewing. I mean, it's like obnoxious. Yeah. They're smacking their lips as they eat these Twizzlers. So finally, uh, by the way, he keeps asking, can I go get to the bathroom? Say, no, we're in a car chase. You can't get out the car and go to the bathroom. So at some point, he's like, He's like, fuck I it, feel, let's go. I feel, no, he just keeps bringing up, like, I feel like I could have gone and been done by now. He says, fuck it, let's go. Open the door, let him out. <laughs> like, he's just so disgusted. And then the train ends. Like, oh, we got to go. They keep driving. They drive up to, um, they drive through a, a fence. The fence is dragging. and cops are behind it. They drive actually past Chris Pine, who sees them drive by. They crash over a bridge, which is right uh, over where the warehouse is. Uh, car lands, they go in there, cops show up, and they say, oh, we beat him here, we beat him here, it's great. And the cops are like, nobody moved. I say, hey, look, he's not here. The guy who's really doing the kidnapping, he's supposed to be there in that chair, and he'll show up at any moment now. And they say, that guy, and they point to a different corner of the warehouse, and Chris Pine is there, bound and gagged. Bound and gagged. You know, they release him. He's like, yes, those are the men. Those are the men that did this to me. Da, 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 da. And they basically, you know, he basically tries to frame them. The cops tell them to get down on the ground. And, you know, we don't hear it. Be quiet. And then right at that moment, a phone rings and it's Katy Perry roar. And it's the phone that was, it was uh, Sudeikis' phone because it was in his jeans. Right. And when they switched jeans, he never took the phone out. And so... Uh, they're like, see, how, that's my phone. That's my phone. How would he have my phone if he was here in the warehouse the whole time? And one of the cops says, you know, uh, to the head detective, sir, Roar was the, the ringtone uh, yeah. earlier. And so Chris Pine says, I like this song. It's inspiration. It's inspirational. <laughs> so uh, the cop is starting to ask questions now. Chris Pine grabs a cop, puts a gun in his head, says, everyone drop your guns or I'm going to shoot them. Uh, there's a lot of side commentary by uh, Sudeikis Bateman and and uh, Charlie Day saying, "Look, if he's who, what innocent person would do this?" Da, da da. And so he's starting to get away, and they're like, "Oh my God, this guy's really going to do it. He's going to hold this cop hostage, and yeah, he's, he's going to really get away gonna, with it." Yeah. So Charlie Day gets upset. He says, "Dude, ruined my life. He ruined my marriages. I'm not going to let him get away with this." So he grabs the predator claw and rushes Chris Pine. In a very slow motion heroic thing, and Chris Pine looks at him and just shoots him. <laughs> shoots him right in the chest. Shoots him right in the chest. So, so the the cop hits him, and then they subdue Chris Pine because he took his his concentration off. And that's when Sudeikis and Bateman arrive. Oh my god! And Charlie Day says, "Did it graze me?" And Sudeikis says, "Nope, it hit you square in the Where? chest." 
And Bateman's trying to get him, like, oh, yeah, but you're going to be all right? <laughs> so Dick said, no, 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 no. No, it looks really bad, buddy. So I'm trying to give him hope. Look, if you want hope, listen to Nick. If you want the truth, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> the cop walks over. The cop walks over. He goes, "Hey, he goes, wow, that's a big fucking hole in your chest." <laughs> and so uh, he starts kind of fading away. We wake up. Uh, he wakes up. Um, <laughs> he wakes up in a hospital bed. Uh, Sudeikis and Bateman are standing over him, and uh, and he's like, "How long was I out?" He's like, four years. He's like, two years. Really? Or two years. He's like, really? He's like, he's like, no, four days. Four days. Four days. And Bateman's like, like, oh, or Snake's like, oh, I thought we were gonna run with this. We have a woman president. <laughs> oh my god, man. So we, uh, we find out that they they still got in trouble with the cops, but they're you know they were able to plea down. Yeah, Julie explains to his wife that she had a sex addiction and she was basically forcing Dale, but Dale was the only person who ever said no to her, and that made his wife in good graces with her. And then as she walks out, uh, Julia tells Dale that, uh, and Dale's like, "Wait, am I not your white whale anymore?" And she says, "No, because I don't know if you're familiar with the term of coma boner. Apparently, uh, you know you can have." Boner after boner after boner while you're in a coma. And so he realizes that she basically fucked him while he was in a coma. So now he's not her white whale anymore. Her new white whale is Dale's wife. And <laughs> I'm going to fuck your wife, Dale. Yeah, and she booked a spa day for him, right? Spa day. They go out. And by the way, this is the part where I actually just took screenshots because I couldn't type fast enough. Bateman and Sudeikis come back in. And, you know, Charlie Day in like a day says, She's going to fuck my wife. <laughs> and this is when they start tag teaming. I was like, oh, I thought she already did. Oh, boy, yeah, that horse may have left the barn. <laughs> I, I figured those guys have been bumping tacos for the last few days. <laughs> Super touchy-feely lately. <laughs> He's like, I can't process this. What's even going on? And so, he figured, you know, they tell him that, you know, the police and – everything they got uh like a list of felonies and all that right they're mug shots um but uh because they took you know he took a bullet and all that stuff they're they're okay he's like so i'm guessing we saved the business like nope we did not <laughs> bank foreclosed and someone and someone bought it at the auction and to which then we cut to um them basically saying so everything looks good for the quarter and it's and and they're at back at the jail and they're talking to Kevin Spacey on their side. Kevin Spacey is the one who bought the business and he's their new boss. And as for the five million dollars, we see in a cutaway scene that motherfucker Jones is at Pinkberry, where the head of Pinkberry apparently is Rob Hubel. And he basically says, Oh, it's a very hefty financial investment. And so he just dumps the cash on the table and says, How about you start me with three of them? And he says, Oh, thank you, Mr. Jones. He says, Mr. Jones is my father. Call me motherfucker. And there's your movie. And there's your movie. Roll credits. We got some great outtakes. Um, And and that's, man, I would watch two hours of outtakes from this movie. Oh, yeah. Because you realize every scene, they're just fucking around. Yeah. They're just, just, you know, going like the scene where the the maid is scrubbing her her ass with the toothbrush. Sudeikis is peering through the closet. He says, I wonder where she got it from. Probably the first movie. (laughs) <laughs> breaks for the wall and looks at it so and then when they're hiding in the bushes he's like it smells like shit he's like maybe yeah. it's your acting, your acting yeah <laughs> maze been very quiet in this one you want to read us uh 
a Tony Medley review? Sure do. Horrible Bosses 2. I'm not going to give you the rating yet. I mean, you can guess the rating at the end. Not for children. There's a fine line between truly funny and truly idiotic. People like Will Ferrell and Judd Apatow don't recognize this line and cross it constantly. So their films are so fatuous, they are insulting. This film approaches the line time and again, but never crosses it. The result is a film with more laughs than any I've seen in a long time. It's got a a brilliant cast with one of my all-time favorite actors, Christoph Waltz, shining in a minor role. But the main cast, Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day, and Chris Pine, all shine. The supporting cast constitutes an A-list of leading actors, including Kevin Spacey, Jennifer Anderson, and Jamie Foxx, and all give sparkling performances. Director Sean Anders, who also co-wrote the screenplay with John Morris, keeps the pace up throughout. There wasn't one scene that could have been deleted or that slowed the progress of the film. As in its predecessor, Bateman is the glue that holds his triumvirate of dummies, Bateman, Sudeikis, and Day, together with their harebrained ideas. It was hard for me to tell who was the funniest. When Pine was on screen, I thought it was maybe he. Naturally, Waltz is in the running. Anderson plays a sex-crazed woman impeccably. Her scenes do contain some language that some might find offensive, but it is its offensiveness that brings the humor. Sudeikis and Day also have their moments. But wait, I was laughing all the time that Fox and Spacey were on screen, too. You'll just have to decide for yourself. Wow. It's the best review he's ever written in his life. That's how good this movie is. Nine out of ten? Yep. Wow. Wow. I think think my favorite is, her scenes do contain some language that some might find offensive, but it is its offensiveness that brings the humor. I like that he took a shot at Farrell and Apatow. Yeah, yeah, right off the top. (laughs) Absolutely no reason. That's a staple of every Tony Medley review. I mean, my Uh, God. So are we gonna are ready to do this? Is this gonna be the first four way four oh sweep? Oh, with with Tony? Yeah. I don't think we've ever had one where we all loved it. Well, I'm I'm assuming May, Maze hasn't said much. Maze. Yeah, uh, Maze, what did you think of this movie? Had you seen it before? I'd seen it before. I remember liking it when I saw it originally. I remember not liking it as much as the first one, uh, unlike you guys, but I think that was mostly just be, I do think the plot is a little tighter in the first movie. Sure. It's a little more suspenseful and, and the Colin Farrell aspect, you know, he was, he's such a wild card. I do, I do kind of miss him, but the chemistry of these three is pretty much unimpeachable. There's so many jokes, like even with all the jokes that you guys went through, we left a ton out. I think wow. this is maybe the funniest and definitely the hottest that Jennifer Anderson is in any part that she's had. It might be the best part she's ever had which is weird. The second time around was definitely a good experience and it's a, it's a file for me. So I'm trying to figure out, I really want to know what, it, what is it about this movie that people don't like then? I, I don't is know. It just gets too fast because there is a point where you start to become overwhelmed. I think by the, the jokes are just coming. It is a lot, so, but I can't imagine you would not like a movie because there's so many funny jokes, horrible bosses. Like we said, seems underrated as well right yeah i mean these should these should both be 90s absolutely if this is a a retread of the same stuff from the first one that people weren't really that into i could see how you know if it's the same like set of people reviewing it they yeah maybe i mean not it's not nearly as bad as the hangover i think they did a much better job with the sequel oh way better yeah um your your point the point you're making is like the hangover like it's not like the hangover. no it's not no you, i mean you know what it reminds me of 
uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I love 21 Jump Street, the movie with uh, Jonah Hill yeah. and, and Channing Tatum. And then they came out in the second – they did 22 Jump Street, and it's so – referential to the first one and it does a lot of like joking about breaking the fourth wall with what sequels are in general i actually think it's hilarious like, i think I it's love that's the one where yeah. they go to college right yeah they go to college right instead of going to high school and so, it's just yeah, so, and it's got jillian bell in it and she crushes yeah, it she's amazing yeah the, the hangover came across her on bumble once by the way no way Jillian bell's on bumble yeah no way smash that like button fam oh i oh i swiped right real hard i'm guessing that she didn't Nah, never, never, never got a match. So the Hangover got a seventy-eight percent and an eighty-four audience score. I'm going to say it right now: this movie's better than Hangover, man. Yes, a hundred percent. And I love the hangover. hangover. I love the Hangover. This movie's better. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's, on every it's level for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. On, on every level, this movie's better than Hangover. It's and the chemistry and the cast. Uh, the story, everything. I, I I like it so much better. And by the way, I think I mean I think you could make an argument the story and the Hangover is better, but this is funnier. The cast is better. And and by the way, they had to add new people, and they still went along with it. The banter yeah. of the three main guys is way better in this movie than the Hangover. But the idea is that when you insert Pine in, that he keeps up. One of the outtakes is when he when they're trying to convince uh, Bateman to go through it. Yeah, they're doing the hype, and, the hype man. They're doing the hype man thing. Yeah. And <laughs> Sudeikis is literally just muttering. <laughs> like he's just waiting for him to say something so that he can just repeat it immediately afterward. Like it was just such, such good chemistry that, uh, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't, if you, uh, let me put it this way. You could say the storyline was better in the hangover, whatever. If you had a choice right now, hey, man, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to sit around and go and watch this movie. Hangover or Horrible Bosses 2. Oh, Which Horrible Bosses 2. No, no bosses question. Two. No Because a lot of the hangovers, like, because you didn't know where the dude was. And once you figured out where the dude was, all right, like, okay. Like, you can't rewatch the hangover. Not like this. You can watch Horrible Bosses 2 a hundred times in a row. Because you'll just hear another joke that you didn't hear the first time. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've watched this way more than I've watched The Hangover. Way more. And when did The Hangover come out? According to Rotten Tomatoes, The Hangover, 2009, June 2009. 2009. So, so that came out uh, 10 years ago. This came out five years ago. Yeah. I've definitely watched this way more than I've ever watched The Hangover. And I like The Hangover. I like The Hangover, too, but I, I just... Do you, you like, like Hangover 2 or you like The Hangover also? I <laughs> <laughs> ah, see what I did there. The first one, not the sequel. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, man. No, this is, I, I think this is arguably the funniest movie of the last five years. Oh, man, it'd be hard for me to find something funnier. Yeah. There might be, you know, yeah, you could maybe say that something's as funny as this movie, but it's, this, like, is, this the is, is so good. This, this is, is the end. end. This is great. It's yeah. the last time I remember laughing that hard at a movie where oh, I just couldn't breathe the whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. The 4.0, this, this Vile, gets baby. the... The all day. Uh, the golden whatever. The golden reel? The yeah, golden popcorn? Go- yeah, the golden popcorn, which I think is an MTV movie. Yeah. Right, thanks. Shit. Golden yeah. reel? What is? What would our yeah. thing be? A golden cage? What, 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 what does cinephobe have to do? Like what? I would say it's probably a golden dumpster, right? Yeah, golden dumpster. There you go. There it is. The first golden dumpster. Four-way sweep. 
of uh, of Tony Medley, Amin Al Hassan, Anthony Mays, and myself, Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing. Remember, this is on the new feed, so retweet so people know the new feed. Uh, give us a, a rating on there if you don't mind. Give us a review on there if you don't mind. Uh, you can always sign up for uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash countthedings, and join the conversation in the Discord. We're talking about the movies in there. For Amin, for Maze, I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for enjoying Cinefolk. Cinefolk.